Well, happy Advent to you. We are flying through. It feels blistering fast. If you start counting the Saturdays before Christmas, we are out of time, it feels like. Except for right now. There's plenty of time to pause, to listen to these words from Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is the birth story of Jesus, and it's told from the angle of Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had been born, she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, open up our hearts and our souls to receive your word anew. Help us to reflect on the depth of this passage together as a community of grace. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. As Matthew tells it, Joseph wants nothing to do with Mary's pregnancy. That is until the Lord steps in and speaks. That is, until he hears a voice in a dream. Let's break this down together, starting in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. This tells you something about Joseph right here. He didn't know what to think about his fiancée being pregnant. We know he wanted to break the commitment, but he also didn't want to shame her either. I mean, Scripture puts it like this, not to expose her to public disgrace. He planned to dismiss her quietly. I mean, this point matters. Jesus or Joseph did not see a path forward. He wanted out until what happens in verse 20. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her from the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now Joseph wanted out 
until the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, a voice that called him and said, Joseph, son of David. Which, by the way, this is the only other time in Scripture when someone is referred to as the son of David other than Jesus. I mean, Matthew is really bringing forth something here from the genealogy that we studied last week, showing us that Jesus is adopted into David's royal line. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus is not bloodline from King David. He was adopted into King David's lineage. Now, Jewish custom, Roman law, it shows that all adopted children have the same rights as biological children. So Jesus is completely an heir to Joseph's family and estate. I'm not trying to suggest anything other or trip you up. I'm just not sure we ever think about this detail. Jesus was adopted. He was adopted into King David's family. But that is somewhat of an aside. The real moment here that I want you to see is the about face that Joseph makes. His 180 degree turn all because of a voice that he hears. Which is just the whole point of what we're trying to get across this Advent. Hark, a voice is calling. Hark, that voice is from God. Hark, God calls to us still. Hark, that voice changes everything. And I just love this word, hark. It's a Middle English word. It was derived from hearken. It literally means to listen up or to listen or to listen carefully. It's the perfect word for Christmas. Listen carefully. A voice is calling. Listen carefully. That voice is God. Listen carefully. God is calling to all of us still. Hark. That voice changes everything. At least it did for Joseph. He almost walked away, but he didn't because he was able to listen carefully, which brings up a very important point, maybe the biggest one for all of Advent. Imagine what you hear if you would hearken the Holy Spirit, if you learn to listen carefully to God. For several years now, I've been on a bit of my own personal journey. I've bought in to a particular prayer practice. And I'll just be honest, it's changed my adult life. There's a fancy word for it. It's called contemplative prayer or contemplation. It's not weird, I promise. It's just prayer. But it's a very mindful attempt at prayer. Contemplative prayer practices being fully present in our heart and mind and body to what is in a way that allows us to creatively respond and to work toward what can be. That's what contemplative prayer seeks to do. You've heard me undoubtedly talk a lot about consciousness, raising our individual consciousness, even understanding the collective consciousness of the community. I'm convinced Only the contemplative mind can bring forward a new consciousness that's needed to awaken a more just, a more loving, a more sustainable world. 
And all I'm talking about here is deeper, more aware practices of prayer. A daily, if not an hourly practice of deep listening. Listening that connects better to both ourselves and the world around us and to divine love. A listening that analyzes both deep suffering in the world and deep love and then teaches us to find the holy in its midst. And it's no different than what Joseph demonstrates in Matthew 1. His contemplative mind was ready to hear from the Holy Spirit. It was ready to hear and to hold what his body and his emotions were feeling. And he turned towards God in prayer. And you feel that when you break down the language in Scripture. His soul was ready and poised to listen. He was present in the moment. And that's what contemplative prayer means. Being fully present in the now. What is your body telling you? What is your mind telling you? What can you slow your mind down and let your soul feel? And that's how you cultivate a contemplative mind. It's all about receiving and being present to the now, to the moment, without judgment, without critique, without analysis. One of my favorite theologians, Richard Rohr, says it like this. This is how you come to love things in themselves and as themselves. You learn not to divide the field of the moment or eliminate anything that threatens your ego, but just to hold everything, both the attractive and the unpleasant, together in one acceptable gaze. I love this idea, and I think Joseph did too. He holds both the attractive and the unpleasant together. And then everything transforms because of it. I believe this moment in Scripture with Joseph is a microcosm for us all. It's not an anomaly. When we awaken our prayer life enough to listen to God, then we start to hear God's voice all over the place in the lives of others, in the whispers of our own soul, in the feelings that we carry in our body, and even the dreams we have at night. That's where Joseph hears a voice from the Lord, in a dream. I mean, listen, I don't talk about this enough, but you need to know this about me. I 100% believe that God speaks to us in dreams. It's the one place where our defenses aren't up We are completely open and vulnerable to receiving a message without hesitation. Now, regrettably, we jumble the message all over the place. And our minds, they send crazy messages back to our consciousness. And sometimes it's really hard to break down dreams or to understand them. But I do believe that our dreams are a pathway to God. And if we work through them enough, We can learn to understand them. Contemplative prayer practices help us work through things like dreams because we're present to them. We're open to them teaching us something. And again, this is true for Joseph. He is ready to walk away from this life to a whole nother one. 
and then he falls asleep. And that's when the magic happens. His soul was cultivated enough to hear a message that changes everything. I have a dear friend, been a friend almost my whole life, who his sister died when he was eight years old, when she was eight years old, like any of us would be. He completely fell apart in his teenage years. He had zero coping skills for something this tragic. But it was in a dream that his sister appeared to him. They had a conversation. She blessed him told him that everything was going to be fine. And then he woke up. To this day, 25 plus years later, he tells this story as a moment that changed his life. And it came to him as a voice from a dream. Dreams matter. Voices matter. We need to learn to listen to them. We need to believe that there is more happening in this world than just what our eyes can rationalize. We need to believe that God calls to us still. And we have to hearken to that voice. And a contemplative mind prepares the ground to do so. But we may need help. We have to get out of our own way. We have to learn to calm our soul to till and to prepare the ground so our heart can hear it. And once you start doing this, once you start taking contemplation seriously, I am telling you the sky is the limit for how you access and hear the divine. This moment for Joseph is not an anomaly. It is a microcosm. It is an invitation for all of us to listen to what God is saying in this world. And Scripture just repeats this. Look at what it says in verse 22. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This quote is from Isaiah 7, and this moment matters too. This baby that's being born unto Mary, conceived by the help of the Holy Spirit, shall be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Baby Jesus is God. Now we'll talk more about this as Advent unfolds, but God is preparing to dwell among us in human form. God wants to tabernacle in our space and time. The God of the universe, the God who speaks in dreams and creates the stars, is coming to us in the form of a baby. And he's here for a very specific reason. And Scripture tells us what that reason is in Matthew 1.21. To save us from our sins. Jesus is God incarnate, coming through Mary, powered by the Holy Spirit, adopted by his parent Joseph, so he can save us from our sins. All this moment needs is for Joseph to agree, to hearken, 
to believe that he can be a part of this moment too. And look what happens in verse 24. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. But he had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. Joseph complies. He hearkens. He, because he did, everything changed. Joseph heard a voice and believed that it was from God. He had a cultivated, contemplative prayer practice in mind that was ready to receive it. And everything changed because of it. We should do the same. So let me ask, what do you hear from God? Isn't God also calling you to help change the world? I think so. So the deeper question is, what are you waiting for? Dream. Listen. Pray. Pray.